This is the Ali La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. Welcome to another Ali La Rouge. I'm your host, Peter Hooten. I've got regular guest Keith Colvin with me tonight. And I'm also delighted to welcome Joe Bloss, the chair of the Spirits of Shankly, and the Accrington Stanley manager, an ex-non-league legend, described by Kirby Town manager as the Gerd Muller of Merseyside football, John Coleman. What an introduction, that is. <laughs> he calls me Gerd Muller, actually. <laughs> Muller, yeah. Gerd Muller. So, um, since our last podcast, we've lost to Fulham at home, and then we won two away games. We won, repeat, two away games. <laughs> One convincingly against Leipzig in the Puskas Stadium and the other at Molyneux last Monday night against Wolves. So, all eyes were on the draw for the Champions League uh, last Friday. But uh, before we get into the Champions League draw, um, we are encouraged by the performances against Leipzig and Wolves. John? Well, to be honest, the Leipzig game and the, the, the contesting games, weren't they? you know, the Leipzig game showed the benefits of a healthy midfield. Controlling the game, passing the ball well, making chances, making numerous chances. And then the Wolves game, I don't know whether the, the Premiership nerves kicked in again, but we couldn't put two passes together. You know, when we did, we looked very dangerous, but the, the lack of control, the lack of vacuum passing was alarming, to be honest. Yeah. You know, it was a breath of fresh air getting Fabinho back in against Leipzig. Yeah. Well, he, he hasn't been in since October, and, you know, we spoke about this a lot. And I think that was a big miss taking him and Anderson out the middle. But as good as he was against Leipzig, he was as bad against Wolves. He just couldn't seem to get a, a handle on the game, couldn't pass it, couldn't really control the ball. And I just put that down to nerves. Yeah. And thankfully, we got the job done. You know, we were on last year, weren't we, you know, on the podcast saying, they don't play particularly well sometimes, but they always find a way. Well, this season, they just haven't found a way. And when you don't and they mount up, I think we got back to that against Wolves and thankfully we got the win. Yeah. Joe, were you looking from behind the couch? I mean, it was a bit, you know, looking at the game against the Wolves, you know, it was like head and hand stuff, wasn't it? You know, some of it, you know, but obviously it was an ugly win, but was it, you know, was it alarming? Yeah, it was. I, I, think, I think John summed it up really well. I think, you know, we, we're on a bit of a high, weren't we? Having, having got the... Uh, the great win against Leipzig and actually the way we played as well. Um, you know, even though we were the home team, it was a proper away European leg given the, the, our, our previous game against them, the first leg. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a come down the, the, the Wolves game. I think nerves is probably the right the right place. I, I thought I thought Fabinho did look uh, unsure of himself, but I think I think alongside him, I thought Van Alden just had no legs left whatsoever. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think it was absolutely right to take Thiago off just before just when he did, because I know he was like one, he was one inch short of a, another booking, wasn't he? Because he was, he was, he was trying his best, but again, he his legs had gone completely. Um, well, we were on, we're on a WhatsApp group, and we were just saying, you know, he's got to tell Thiago to stop trying to tackle. He can't tackle to save his life. No, no. He's he hasn't got, he has got the filter. Lucas had the same non-filter. He's yeah. only under the percussions and actions. I just don't get it, me honestly. Yeah. Keith, were you, enough, uh, sorry, I was just going to say, part of it was his problem was his recovery as well. I don't think he's that used to having the ball bouncing off him like he has been. It just it, it seemed to be not only that he was badly tackling because he can't tackle, but he was actually badly tackling because the ball had bounced off him. So he was trying to he was trying to make up for something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Keith. Keith, all right, Joe. I mean, what? I mean, how did you how did you say? Ugly win, or were you a bit concerned the fact that we were giving the ball away so much, you know? Uh, yeah, obviously the Wolves game was was chalk and cheese with the, the European game in respect of the way, as John put it, the midfield functioned, the mic didn't function at all. And the the experienced players, like the inexperienced players, I thought against Wolves in some respects, especially the two centre-halves, you know, the, the keeper, you know, Obviously, Alisson's been fantastic for us, and he's had a bit of a hard time lately. So you can't certainly not criticising such. But the first, whatever the couple of minutes, you come out and the it looked like he called for that ball, and centre half tucked under it, and he fumbled it, and nearly gave a well, sort sort of give a penalty away, but got away with it, and it sort of carried on from then. And I think 
Susan, I thought Susan's arrived on all right again on Monday, considering where they come from and, and oh, they were up against uh, and considering all the pressure on them. I just thought the experienced players around them let them down in that game. But as John put it, you know, we, we found a way to win it, which was the most important thing. Yeah. In terms of, um, I mean, it was great to see uh, Jota on the score sheet, wasn't it? And it was, that was a class move. That was like back to the, the old days, wasn't it, of last season? But um, in terms of uh, Mane and Salah, they, okay, they, they scored against Leipzig, didn't they? But uh, nothing seems to be going right for them in the Premier League, doesn't it? Does it, John? I mean, uh, I is mean, this a mental thing or what? I don't know. The, the pleasing thing with the Jota goal was that we've got we've got into the habit now that they've got to have six and seven touches on the box. You know, they're, they're a bag of nerves that they don't want to give it away. And that was three one-touch passes that led to the goal. And that unbalanced them. I think uh, Jota actually mentioned that. If you look at it again, I mean, Liverpool have had no luck for all this season. You know, obviously with the injuries. But decisions have been absolutely horrendous. They've stacked up. We had quite a bit of luck last season when we won the league, I thought. But we've had no yeah. luck. The VAR has been an absolute disgrace. It's just anti yeah. Liverpool from day one. Yeah. And that was the first bit of luck we had because it wasn't two penalties, really. You know, the, the Tent Alexander Allen wants a soft one as well. But it's a pen. The one by uh, Alisson's a pen. Now, yeah. we weren't getting away with them earlier in the season. Maybe this is the turn of our luck. And, you know, you couldn't begrudge it because yeah. of how many horrendous decisions we've had. But what I will say is, you know, we're talking about the forwards. Mane had a glorious opportunity to go down when he went through and he tried to go around the keeper. But the keeper's, yeah. the keeper's actually made contact with his foot. Mm. Every other forward in the Premiership is going down there. Yeah. yeah. I just can't for the life of me understand why he hasn't collapsed. As a manager then... That's the three I mean, games in a bounce. He's done that though, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of games, yeah. But as a manager, John, isn't that... You know I mean? I know you're saying he's, he's made contact, but no one has made an issue of the fact that he stayed on his feet, have they? Well, no you know one. Thank I mean? you for that, Peter. That's unfortunate the way the world's gone at the moment. You know, everyone's quick to, to slate him and uh, Salah off for diving, but when they're generally fouled and he's staying on the feet, no one gives them. You don't get credit in the bank for that. And yeah. the fact of the matter is, every other player in the Premier League would go down. Imagine that was Harry Kane. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Kane's Harry Kane's chins at the floor before you blink. But there's been instances. There'd be somersaults. Yeah, but there's been instances this year where people have stayed on the feet, got a shot, so he tackled, and then you give them a penalty anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that, there's Manny staying on his feet three games and a bounce, he's done it. And each time, theoretically, he should have had a penalty. But he stayed on his feet and missed a chance. But they haven't gone back to look up again, they just play on. It's mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in, terms, in terms of um, the central pair and John, I mean, um, is that where all the nervousness is coming from? I know it, I know he did well. I mean, Phillips has done well in the air, hasn't he? But, yeah, I mean, um, he's an editor and kicker, Phillips, and he misconsoled one that he could have scored from. Only Wolves were as hesitant as what we were, to be fair. Yeah. But I, I've banged the drum for ages, you know what? I don't think the problem was central defence because oh. Liverpool, when Liverpool are on blob, and you have, only have to look at the, the two seasons before, you know, I know you say that Van Dijk done great and all that, and Van Dijk had a bit of a wobble, you know, you've only got to look at Watford game for that. Yeah. But in the main, Liverpool defenders don't have to defend because they dominate the midfield. And by dominating the midfield, it allows the, the two full-backs to bomb on. Now, you know, Central Alexander Arnold's been beleaguered this season, and he's, all the both cases he's had at him now, he's having brickbats thrown him now, and he's, he's lost his place in the England squad. But the, the more worrying aspect is, is Robertson for me. Because Robinson's offering nothing. Yeah, yeah. At all. And he's been so used to having Fabinho and Henderson that they could go without having a blink about what they had to do behind them. Because Henderson would just step in and be there. You yeah. wouldn't have to worry about it. And I I think our whole problems this season has come from taking your experience out and your defensive aspects out of the midfield. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who you've got in there. If you're not protecting them, yeah. You know, so fans like him, Gomez would be nowhere near as good without the protection of Henderson and Fabinho. Yeah, and, yeah. and so yeah. it's it's quite easy to say, oh, all the problems have stemmed because we've lost all the centre halves. But we, we lost the centre halves, then we compounded it by taking out two of the best midfielders or defensive midfielders in the Premier League. Yeah. You don't walk into any other team in the Premier League. Mm. Joe? Yeah, I, I totally, again, totally agree with that. I think, I think 
the, the big loss has been centre midfield. We've, we've, I, I could understand Fabinho dropping back for one or two games just while we while we sorted out who we were actually going to play in the back four. Um, but for it to be eight, nine, ten, then 12, 15 games that, that we messed around, it, it just seemed ridiculous. There was no decision um, taken for the for the long term. I, you know, as I say, a, a short term decision, I can get that long term. Ridiculous. I mean, the two players that we've got there now, um, they're playing like centre-halves. OK, they might not be well pieces at some point, but what they've got is centre-half sense, which is more yeah. than Fabinho and more than Henderson had. Because Fabinho and Henderson have got midfield sense, and that's where they are. Not, I, I, I agree Robertson is, has been a real disappointment, but it's been down to him having to, to be, change, change his, his role, really. Um, and it, it, he's got to adjust to that, and I think... I think Trent's done the same. He, he, he slotted in, I thought, really well. Um, in the Leipzig game, he, he, he dropped back a little bit further yeah. and, and came almost like a back three to help out, which which, which was really good. Um, mm. But then we, we, we see, don't we, the long ball over the top. We saw the Chelsea um, and Leipzig. Both of them went went for, um, for Trent because they knew he was still tempted to go forward. Yeah. Uh, so, so that, so then the pacey winger behind was was, was a ball option out for them every single time. So, yeah, let's look. Let's get the midfield back to where it should be. Uh, let's hope in, in a couple of weeks we've actually got you know the four or five uh, that we can choose from properly, uh, as opposed to it being makeshift. But the the, the the signs are promising again now. So let's hope that Fabinho can solidify the midfield, give Trent and Robbo the chance to go forward, but also give the confidence to the back two as well that that. that they can just do what they need to do, which is simple. Yeah. Keith, do you think it was a mistake then playing, you know, Henderson and Fabinho in the back? You know, I think if you, if you, Peter, I've been saying that for most of the season, to be honest with you, I've always advocated that, as John said, that this, the problem wasn't the back four, really, in some respects. You know, we let, we put, uh, Villa put seven pastors when they had our back four in place. So, you know yeah. what I mean? But, but I, you know, since then, I don't, the back four has been as bad as everyone makes it out to be. It's, it's what's in front of them. And, I've been saying that for a while now, Pete, and on this and, and in different conversations you have with different people, is that, you know, the two lads who are there now, you can see the benefit of them where they've possibly been training together. And John, I know better than any, any of us, obviously, um, that when they're training together and they're working together as a pair, and that it's starting to, to show a little bit more on the pitch. Yeah, I certainly did you know, did against Wolves when they covered for each other. I know they highlighted that later on on the telly and all that, but you could see it in the game, you know, and I think Kabak's grown every game he's playing. It's something you know. He was, you know, but very, very unsure when he first came in, and that's totally un- uh, that's totally acceptable. You know what I mean? Understanding. Yeah. So the the, the the reason, as Joe said, about putting Fabinho in there, yeah, I get that just as a stopgap, but to carry on and carry on and carry on, and, yeah. and to go back to you know the owners possibly not putting their hand in the pocket when you know. Um, we should have done at the very beginning of December when it was apparent that obviously we yeah. needed the centre half. January, sorry, not December. And and backing the manager up. Um and you know, the consequences are there for all to see. But because the, the midfield's been so unbalanced, you know, being saying this for now for Thiago, Thiago's best play for me is playing in front or just sorry, just behind the front three. Yeah. Not 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 yeah. in front of the back four, where he's yeah. getting caught out all the time. And he's making foul after foul after foul. You know, as you said, he can't tackle. And I don't think it was any coincidence that when he put Fabinho back in there and Thiago moved forward a little bit more, he looked a different player to me. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. He ties, he does tie a lot in games and he seems to make silly mistakes. But we've got to get the midfield right. It's as simple as that. Because our midfield, as John's rightly pointed out, has been the best over the last three or four years. Yeah. And, and that's why we've won things. You know what I mean? It's not rocket science. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. John, do you think, you know, obviously um, we've, we've, we all heard the draw on Friday. Um, do you think now he'll stick with that pairing? Uh, you know, can you can you see Phillips and Quebec coming up against Benzema? You know, someone like that, Real Madrid? I mean, or will he, he revert to Fabinho, do you think? No, I'm hoping he'll stay with them. Um, you know, I wouldn't be allowed to take that being back. You know, it's, it's going to come off. Yeah. Uh, you know, you never know. Sixth of April. Well, you never know. The, I mean, as bad as I thought Fabinho played against Wolves, the fact of the matter is, he's played two games in midfield. The last time he did that, or the last time he played in midfield, was against Everton in October. Yeah. 
And since that, we've lit, lit goals left, right, and centre. The first time we put them back into midfield, we keep two clean sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's not a coincidence. It can't be a coincidence for me. Mm. Anyway, you know, and if you'd have to go with that, you've just got to be. If you have to go with Kabak and and um, Phillips, then you have to be more solid in front of them. And yeah. you know, I'm sure, I'm sure when Alden will come again, you know, because he is still a terrific player. Um, it's not a bad three, that to be honest with, with Fabinho, and and I think he will see the best of Thiago. Yeah, he still he still has he still has got a great range of passing. I think one of the the alarming things, you know, he hasn't had a lot of assists since he come, but I think I think Liverpool had seventy shots, was it, to score one goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You could you could be the best assistant in the world if that's a word. <laughs> that's <laughs> a condition. I mean, he's brought in, wasn't he, to unlock defences, Dick? I think he was. Well, that's, you know, that's playing, I mean, they're not the piss, Peter, not playing with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I still think he will, you know, and I think he's still finding his feet, you know. If you rewind back to that game against Everton, he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah. yeah. You know, so... Mm. Um. And we're thinking, God, we've got to find here. And then all of a sudden, he was having to be the, the main midfielder, which best one in the world, I'd class him as a luxury midfielder. Yeah. Someone who will get you off your seat. Yeah. Someone you like watching. Um, he, he, is a, he is a poor tackle, I'll have to um, Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you've made some poor tackles in your life, haven't you? Well, I have. I, <laughs> I, was, I, I wasn't always... And a proponent of the lose the ball, you better get it back so you go over the top. <laughs> so, uh, I think he's been quite lucky to stay on the pitch a couple of times, actually. Because I, I don't think he's got any filter. It, it, yeah. We were laughing about it the other it's day. It's a timer, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, we were laughing about it the other day. You know when he, he absolutely irons someone? And then he gets up as though he's the most wrong person in the world. He's like that. <laughs> How is that a foul? I was going, yeah. couldn't have fouled when he's seen again. He's cut him in half. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, people were celebrating on Friday when we uh, heard the draw, but I think you think that's a bit premature because you, you know, obviously, people are, are looking at Real Madrid, but the recent results haven't been that bad. I mean, the, you know, they probably aren't the power they were when they won the Champions League uh, all those years in the run. But I mean, Joe, have you been watching them? I watched them against Atalanta, and you know, they weren't brilliant, but they're playing. You know, they're playing in their. Um, in their training ground, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no crowd there, so it's a six thousand small venue. I mean, are we are we celebrating too much the fact that we haven't that we've got Real Madrid and not one of the other teams? I, I think it's context pieces, isn't it? Um, you know, for me, I, I didn't want Chelsea or Man City. Um, mm. I didn't particularly want. PSG or Barcelona, so my preference was Dortmund and Porto, but I'd probably yeah. take Real Madrid out, out, out of that then as a, as a, as a third option then. Um, and I think, you know, we, 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 we know that they can be um, frail to their own position. Um, their boardroom is in you know, a bit disarray again. Financially, they're absolutely knackered again. Um, yeah. There's always a, a kind of a backdrop to Real Madrid, which I think you can capitalise on. Um, and maybe that's something that we can do and I know that they've gone on a bit of a run it, um, winning run over, over, over the past three months but before that they were terrible they were losing to all the sundry at the bottom of the league and I think they went out the Spanish Cup to like a, a third level team didn't they but you know it was, it, it was, it was unknown unheard mm. of you know the biggest shock in Spanish football for, for the century or something um, so they've had to have a bit of a kick up and you know I just think there's, there's an opportunity for us to go there. And I think the level of optimism amongst the Liverpool fans is just because I think we owe them for Kiev because, we, yeah. we, uh, because of what happened there. Um, you know, okay, we, we, whatever happens to Salah, you know, and we felt wrong, but actually they were probably the better team on the night in reality anyway. But they had real superstars playing them as well. And I think some of those superstars are still there in terms of uh, Benzema and Tony Cruz and, Ramos and um, Modric at the same. Sorry, Modric yeah. is still there, isn't he? Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and he was, and he's. I think he was the Champions League Player of the Week 
uh, in this round of matches. Vinicius um, Junior looks handy. Yeah, but yeah. I, I just think I just think when when we've beaten Real Madrid in the past, um, we've had our problems, um, and it, it's 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 like one of those games where you raise your, raise your game, and I just think. The optimism that Liverpool fans have got over this is probably because this is the time when you can raise your game. Yeah, yeah. Keith, are you were you pleased with the draw? Um, yeah, it could, you know, obviously it could have been a lot worse. Um, you know, Real Madrid are not the team they were when he beat us in Kia, but so we're not obviously the same team. You know, they've changed dramatically both sides in some respects. <laughs> um, but they're still a threat. You know what I mean? You can't. You no, know, Benzema is still a good player. You know, Cruz is still a good player. You know. Obviously, it is a Varane. Varane's a good centre half, isn't he? Uh, you know, I know he's looking sound like he wants to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And did you yeah. see the celebration he did? So he scored the pen, like oh. a drinking celebration. He's got to go out for that alone. Yeah, it was it was awful. But um, but you know, again, we haven't got no one's got the crowd, so that's a bit of a miss. But you know, we all know on our day we we're not capable of beating anyone, certainly in Europe, over two legs. Um. But I think for us, it's a good it's a good game. And as John said, you know, hopefully by the time we play, we might have a few of the injuries cleared up, and we might have near enough of full strength side to a degree. And uh, you know, for us now, the league position we're in is possibly you know not unattainable to get into the top four, you know, points wise. But it's going to be hard. Yeah. So if we are to be in the Champions League next season, I think we've got to push on and try and win it. Um, so we're capable of doing that, yeah. as we've proven in the past. Um, so for me, it could have been a worse draw, um, and I'm sure Real Madrid don't want to play us neither. Yeah, yeah. Um, John, did you punch the air? I think it's an opportunity to salvage the season, and I think the players will know that as well. Yeah. You know, as much as Liverpool have been going to at some time, people still fear us. I'm telling you, people still yeah. fear, us. and they still fear them the front three. Yeah. And. You know, if you, if you go back, just rewind back to the Man City game, you know, everyone's just dismissed that as, as Man City back to flawless. Before the horrendous mix-ups, there's nothing in the game. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. we'd equalise with a penalty. We weren't really hurting us. Um, and there's no reason on earth why we couldn't beat Man City. Certainly over one game or over two. There's no reason why we can't beat Man City. I think Chelsea are the team who's coming into form at the moment, so I'm pleased we avoided them. Yeah. They seem to have a bit of a swagger about them. Um, so and they've got a big strength in depth. I think avoiding the side of the draw of PSG and Bayern is a big plus. Yeah. Because it can give us an easier route to the final. And listen, you'd be a brave man to bet against the Burnacle final. Yeah. Well, the last time I mean Believe it or not, we've only um, we've only had six fixtures against Real Madrid. Two of them have been finals, so there's only been four fixtures. But the last time we played Real Madrid away was uh, November 2014, um, and it was a Brendan Rodgers team. We lost three near the Anfield, and then we went to um, the Bernabeu, and it's when he fielded that team. And I'll read the team out to you now. It was uh, Miguel. Manquillo, Skirtle, Torre, Moreno, Can, Lucas, Allen, Markovic, Barini, and Lalana. And we picked that team because we got beat 3 0 in the first leg. So we had Chelsea at the weekend after that game. And we got beat by Chelsea anyway, but he was resting. Uh, this is the bench for that night. The bench was Glenn Johnson, Gerard, Coutinho, Henderson, Sterling, and Balotelli. So it's obviously what he was thinking, but I think that's when a lot of the crowd lost faith in Brendan Rodgers because they thought, well, you know, European—that's that's our platform—and to leave out the likes of Gerard who wanted to play at the Bernabeu, thought it was um, it was when he lost the crowd. But just um, you know, look at our team now compared to that team. It's just you know, it's just uh, it's, it's chalk and cheese, really, isn't it, John? Yeah, what's well, that saying? You know, I think this is a important thing for the Liverpool fans was how well we'd played the year before to get into the Champions League and how hard we'd worked and how you know, close we were the season before. And obviously, that was at the time when we'd, we'd lost Suarez one and then we'd replaced them with uh, 
some Mexican mall sweepers. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that was that was the disappointing thing for the Liverpool fans. I mean, you know, I've had this conversation here a lot of times. I don't mind Brendan Rodgers, you know, and yeah. I still think that team that you know came, you know, very very close to winning the league. Yeah, the football they played that season was unbelievable. You know, sensational, going, wasn't it? Going to look after twenty. That's what, that's what I'm saying, John. This was the game where everyone seemed to lose. Yeah, that was the end of them, to be honest, because that was the second season, and then you know, or the season after that. Sorry. Yeah. I just think everyone thought, well, we hadn't been in the Champions League for a while. Yeah. And we worked hard to get in it, and then just walked out of it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that was yeah. that's a disappointing thing. And but that Real Madrid team, you know, that was a class team, wasn't it? For that, yeah. Year, you know. And you know. I think he's like saying that you know these superstars they're not as much as what they were then you know even going back two or three years ago and well you've got to be mindful of the fact that he's only just played the name yeah you know you play the play what's up front here mm. and you know Liverpool I can on the day you know we've still we've still seen us put some good performances together and I go back to the Leicester game it's yeah. Leicester and then you know, a couple of poor decisions, I thought, cost us that game as well. And, uh, you know, some silly goals. But a couple of really poor decisions cost us in the game. Mm. Um, and that, I think we took that badly. That was a bit of a hammer blow to us. But if, if you just isolated the first 70 minutes of that game, it was a complete performance. Yeah. 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 Joe, I mean, in terms, did you, were you um, at the Bernabeu when we won 1-0 in <clears throat> 2009? I was, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about that when, when we that got was the party. day of that was the day of the rumours about Rafa Benitez about leaving. Rafa, wasn't yeah, it? yeah, it was, wasn't it? And it was like a really surreal atmosphere, wasn't it? Um, because of that. Um, but I was thinking, I was thinking about that team then. You know, um, Real were, were favourites to go through uh, against yeah. us. Um, I think wasn't it a late decision as well that Gerard didn't play? Um, I'm pretty sure he didn't play that game. And, and you know, we had like the likes of. Arbaloa and um, I think Tony Ben Ayun had, had, had he'd been in, flitting in and out a bit, um, yeah. and I don't think we fancied our chances that much. And no. I think we were we were feeling really down because of the Benitez situation. But we beat them five 0 on aggregate. <laughs> on aggregate, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely slaughtered them at Anfield. But you know, I, th- I think that win we just that, that was a really great European win. Uh, the way we did that. I think it was like, we soaked up so much pressure off them scoring like the 81st, 82nd minutes or something. And it was just great. Though. You know, the, the, the last the last 10 minutes of the game, we're, we're never in doubt we were going to win. Uh, just because you could see like the, the, the whole stadium drain completely. Mm. Mm. Yeah, classic European. Backs against, backs love that against game. the wall, yeah. Backs against yeah. the wall. And Liverpool, I think, John, I think, completely, uh, Completely agree with John that you know this could rescue you know the mighty Real Madrid. It's going to come down to a five-game season now. If we, if we can get five games on tomorrow, yeah, yeah. We put all our season into five games. Yeah, and and make no mistake, as John said, you know if we can get Anderson back and you know on the, the an outside chance of Van Dijk, and we get a full-strength team. No one will want to play us because yeah. as, you know it is a chance for us to to. Redeem or rescue our season, whichever. Yeah, we're wounded out, aren't we? Sorry, we're wounded out, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, and you know, I look at it now with the players, and you know, again, John's obviously in the professional game, and he knows obviously the feeling of when you win something. It's a great feeling to have, even at an amateur level. It's great when you win something, and then players have had that, and you know, bucket loads over the last couple of years, and they know what it means and how it feels. And I feel so sorry for them that they mind the fans that they haven't had the chance to celebrate and the. the Champions the League win because that's been a massive effect on them. I think that they haven't been able to save it what they done last year, you know, with, with the crowd and everything else. But they still got that good feeling of what it means and how it feels at that time to win a cup or the league. And all you got to do is resurrect that feeling, and, that, and they'll beat anyone. Yeah. So do you think this could be the way? Could be It's been such a torrid season. Yeah. Now imagine you've had that and you've got an unbelievable chance to erase that. Because we win the Champions League, no one's talking about losing at home. 
to West Brom. Oh, sorry, not to West Brom, to Everton. And um, and Burnley. And Brighton. No one's talking about that when the Champions League. No. You know, no, this, is the re- this is the rescue package, you know? Yeah. So the talk about the glory days then will be, you know, don't forget when we won the. It isn't, is it in Istanbul this year? It's in Istanbul, yeah. 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 So, you know, if, if you think about fate, when, when we won the, the Champions League in Istanbul, look at the, the route we had to the final. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Very, very difficult, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have bet. Um, and then we didn't have a fashionable team, did we? We didn't have a team that was challenging for the league. No. So why not replicate that? And, you know, we could we could erase all these bitter memories, you know, that we're getting, you know, the text that you get sent on a daily basis. <laughs> the they're, they're, those people never learn, though, John. Yeah, those but you've people just, never learn. Got a chance to erase that, right? We'd be talking about then, oh, the, the famous victories against Real Madrid, Man City, and whoever in the final. Yeah. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. It's a great prospect, and it's you know it, it could uh, it could be a situation where you know we are these games away from you know rescuing the season. There's no doubt about that. And I think do you think it'll be it'll be obviously the media will go for the Salah's revenge on Ramos. Only. That's what it'll be hyped up as, only. I think that that will be the rematch. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what. I mean, is that something that you know will you know is that something? Uh, that we want really, I don't know. We want that because you know, I mean, I think you can play that down, can't you? And I think I think that might come a bit more from the Spanish media as well, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it would have been good fun being at Anfield, though, wouldn't it? In a way that uh, <laughs> we got, you know, Messi, Suarez in, a bit in Barcelona game. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. to to have the whistles well, from the off, yeah, uh, would have been fantastic. But the thing is, is that they they're an aging team, like you know, our team's not young, but it's. it's some of the players are still in the prime. Ramos is, I don't know, you know, old he is. You know what I mean? You've got, you've got Modric is, is getting on a bit. He's still, he's still a good footballer. Gail Platt. Gail Platt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we can get them, you know, at our own face, if we can get at them early on, they can do whatever they want between Salah and uh, Ramos because the rest of the team will tear into them. And I think if we get on the front foot and get a bit of pace going, they won't be able to live with us. I think, yeah. you know, the sideshow of Ramos and Salah can take care of itself. I think the rest of the players, if they can raise the game and get the, the tempo going, because that's when we, as John said, that goal against Wolves, three passes by goal. We've done that numerous occasions last year and the last couple of years. If we can get the pace back into our game, through midfield or to the forward, we'll beat anyone. Because that's yeah. been the problem. We've been too slow getting out of, yeah. out of our half. Oh, yeah, that's been, that's been noticeable, hasn't it? Yeah. If, you know, the, the, the lack of speed and our counter And if Madrid come here... Against Wolves, that that one touch football, yeah. it was like it was back, you know. And it's got to be about confidence. You know I mean, it's just it's just in you know flitting instances. It hasn't been a consistent basis, but there's no reason why we can't get it back. Yeah, this is what Klopp said about it. I know it's a different round and whatever, but we don't know. But uh, it'll be if it if it, it's like Budapest, it'll be fine. We are fine with that. The home game, hopefully at Anfield, that'll be great as well. So nothing to say, really. Nothing to say, actually. It's just cool. <laughs> it's just cool playing Real Madrid, you know. Which is, you know, it's it is, isn't it? You know, it's just a, just a shame none of us can be there. So um, that's what we're going to move on to next, Joe. In terms of um, fans back in the ground, I think it's obviously going to be too early for Real Madrid. But is there any prospect if we uh, get? Get through that round, and then we're playing um, Chelsea or Porto, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's been no, there's been no whiffs of rumour about it. Um, I've seen a lot of people sort of clamouring for it, saying that they hope it can happen. Um, but I suppose, I suppose, there's so much to to buy into that. I mean, the latest position is is still the um, hope for the last two games uh, of this season, uh, which is obviously in May. Uh, yeah, so, end of May. End of May, yeah. So, we you know, it, it's, it's the quarterfinal, semi-final too soon. certainly is in terms of the government's current roadmap. Because um, I know the Premier League are trying to negotiate moving or getting sensation for the second-to-last game so that 
every club has an opportunity to play at home uh, oh, right. within the last few games. So that so there's hopefully parity around that. Um, and their assumption then is around 10, 25% of your stadium or 10,000, isn't it? Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that'd be great. I mean, if we've got 10,000 in a semi-final against Chelsea or Porto, wow. Yeah. Uh, it, be like Algeria, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, so like Joe, Joe is Marlo <laughs> looking at route at flights, regular guest Marlo looking at flights and hotels in Istanbul. Is that being a little bit too optimistic? I don't know. Well, who knows? I mean, I think the reality is, we, I think we'll all, we all want to do that, don't we? And sort of, you know, take the risk and take the hit because we'd be desperate to go, wouldn't we? And you, what you wouldn't want to happen is that you'd miss the opportunity. Um, but it, it certainly, to, speaking to the club, um, I'd say they're, they're very, very low-key about any any games being played. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think the, 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 talks, the last talks I had with them, they, they'd noticed in a couple of discussions with the Premier League, who obviously keep a, a, a tab on um, the greens and the reds of the COVID situation, they said there'd been more reds um, in, diff- in different footballing areas and in different cities, obviously, for in-, in terms of Premier League. Liverpool's hadn't it stabilised, so, you know, that's that- that's good news. But yeah. a couple of the other cities have gone up again, so with the oh. schools going back. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, think, I think they're just nervous to plan anything, to be honest with you. And yeah. um, the, the, the good thing is the plan for it. The bad thing is, is that the, the Premier League are saying that they're not going to make any decisions until late April. Um which probably only gives us you know, two weeks or so to, to sort any fans getting back into the ground properly anyway. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that's that's where it is. I think if any decision that would be taken about any game, whether it's in Europe or whether it's whether it's at home, um, would be very, very late indeed. Yeah. John, um, you've obviously been playing behind closed doors as well. And it's is it the Atkinson Sally Ultras, is it? Yeah. Is that the name? Sorry? Yeah, we've missed the ultras like they have. Yeah. It's made a big difference to us at home because at home, we don't get many in. Uh, but the big games, we feel like, you know, the likes of Sunderland, Portsmouth, um, we, we tend to fill the big games. But the atmosphere our, our fans create, we only, we only have 2,000. And at home, they don't have to make a noise. Yeah. They make a well, difference we- to our team. We saw that when Liverpool had fifteen hundred in the cop, didn't they? You know, the noise was unbelievable. You know, and it raised the game as well. And our, our fans too. You know, we always put a banner display on, and they pride themselves in that. And the chairman responds to them. You know, we put winners our own, so it's the pound a point to win. And uh, there's just a feel good factor about the place. And yeah, it has made a big difference to us. Honestly, I don't. Uh, I don't think our own form has been anywhere near like it. it yeah. It is when the fans are there. And for Liverpool to, like, the last game we lost was Fulham, sort of six home games on the run, wasn't it, Keith? After 68 unbeaten. That's never happened, is it, with with the full ground? Is it never in a million years? No, no. And, you know, I think we've had this conversation before. Yeah. Other people will say, oh, stop knowing, it's the same for everyone, and I get that. But, you know, the reality is, is that you look at the games that we, we've won this season when we've had... T- um, the minimal amount of people on the ground against Wolves and Tottenham. The atmosphere in there was, I went to Wolves game, it was fantastic. And it made a yeah, lift. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, you know, whether, whether you're a chance that you got 2,000 in a small ground or 1,500, whatever it was, in a big, massive ground, they can still still make themselves heard. Yeah. So, and, and they intimidate, you know, as much as they probably don't think they do in a big ground. Is that, especially when you haven't been used to it, the players are being sort of thrown around the grounds when there's no one in there. Next thing is, they've got someone screaming at them. You know what I mean? It, it could put them off a little bit. So, Liverpool, no way in God's earth would we have lost all them games on the bounce if we had a full house. You know, yeah. you might have lost one or two because it's it, a lot of averages, isn't it? But, you, yeah. can, you can console yourself with the fact that Peter... Sorry? You can console yourself with the fact that statistically, the next time that happens, we'll all be dead. <laughs> in 120 years' time. <laughs> so, Joe, in terms of... Um, the club, I mean, the talking about season ticket renewals, that must mean there's an element of confidence that there'll be uh, there'll be spectators next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're working towards assuming a full season next season uh, because you can't plan for anything else, I don't think. Um, 
So they're looking to start the season ticket rollout um, in the next week or two, um, yeah. in the anticipation that we get the full season next season. Um, we've been talking to them; they've, they've been you know, fairly, fairly open-minded about about fans coming back. To be honest with you, and, and how we do that, and um, we've because there's going to be a bit of flexibility. You know, we don't know whether we're going to get full season, half a season, six games, or, or whatever. Um, we're trying to talk them through it, but having principles for the return of fans as opposed to having set rules at the moment so that we can bend and flex with it. So, you know, in terms of those principles, having um, a no price increase, uh, which I think yeah. was, was, there was a conversation, I think, in the press that, that, like this week. So that looks like it, it that might be a, a go will, in terms of no price Joe, increase. Will they, be, will they be looking for the full price up front? Is that no, no, I think, and I think that's what we've we, we've tried to work with them on. And, and to be fair, they they they're looking at a number of options for everybody, really. Um, okay. So the first thing they're saying is that they, because of the situation, they recognise that um, they're prepared to give season ticket holders a one-season holiday, um, so that you don't lose your season tickets. Um, but if you, if you can't afford it, or you you you're nervous about going back, or you've had a change in circumstances, um, then you don't have to buy your season ticket next season. But if you do buy it, um, they'll have the usual finance option, which is um, a 0% credit. Um, I think you pay over about 10 months. You know, so people can, you know, maybe a lot more people will take advantage of that this time. Um, and I think the other area that we've been looking at, I think we've been concerned, haven't we, Peter, in terms of discussions we've had about um, the disproportionate um, effective nature of COVID on disabled people, um, yeah. and in particular fans with a disability. Um, you know, there was, we, there was towards the end of the week there was talk about um, having a, almost like a COVID passport or, or a COVID pass that people yeah. would have to go into big events, and that would be based on the vaccination. Well, there are many people with disabilities, who actually, um, such as the nature of disability, that they have immune immune system disorders, which means they can't have the vaccine. Oh, right. Now, we, we've, we've we've got to be in a position to assist them. So does that mean that? They just need to be tested on the day to get in. Um, does it mean that um, they have to have a, a different kind of level of access or whatever else it might be? Um, so we've been working with the Liverpool Disabled Support Association really to put, take these situations to, right, to the club. Okay. I, I, and, they, and they've been listening. And I actually mm. think, you know, they, they, in terms of our collective concerns, I'm, I'm quite quite confident that they will you know, take those into, into full into full recognition. I think we should know something probably the back end the next week, the week after. Um, oh, great. be in a far stronger position. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Keith, what are you going to do if you get into the last game of the season? Um, I'll, I'll be going, hopefully, if we get the opportunity. <laughs> it's not two ways. You know, I think it's great for us all. Well, we've all had the vaccination and we're all right now, I mean, you know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> um, no, choking apart, you know, obviously, it's what we miss doing, isn't it? We all miss going to match, obviously, and everything that, get, that goes with it. Um, so, as I said, when I went to the Wolves game, it was it was the best, it was the highlight of the year for me, other than my granddaughter <laughs> coming along. Uh, because it was just like... Be careful now. I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was just brilliant to go to the game again. You know, everything that come with it, you know, having a couple of drinks beforehand because you could go in the pubs at the time um, and all that. So, yeah, if I get the opportunity, I'll go. I'll see you ways about it. I mean, John, in terms of, um, in ter- you know, you, you get to Anfield as much as you can, can't you? Then? Especially in the Champions League games. I mean, um, how, how, would you, what would you, how would you approach it? Well, I'm going to Turkey on the 1st of July, 1st uh, of June. So I'm hoping I'm just going to be going and having two days there. Meet <laughs> me missus on, on, the, <laughs> on the first of June. But uh, I mean, the talk about the government are looking at lifting all restrictions by the middle of June to the, towards the end of June. Yeah, if you do that. There's no reason why you can't have full crowds next year. Yeah, um, I think everyone will be a little bit wary. I think the the route back it'll be belt and braces, and I think. I think whereas maybe you could have more into Motti World of Belair on the sides of caution. Um, and I think that'll be an ongoing thing for a long while, yeah. I think even with us, you know, with us, you know, with us, you know, with us, you know, half ground spaced out. Yeah. Be yeah. an issue, but um, when they lift the restrictions, if you do full lift of restrictions, 
how can you restrict people going to a football match? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the only thing that will restrict people is the people themselves if they don't fancy going. That's what I'm saying, Keith. That's yeah, why yeah. I think you might have a knock-on effect. Yeah. You know, I, I think what is a given, you know, we used to not laugh so much, but we used to find it very strange that people in China used to wear masks for pollution, didn't we? Yeah. I think that's going to become a common theme there yeah. over in this. You know, yeah. you know, you've only got to look at I think flu's being wiped out. Wiped out. Yeah. You know, and, and colds. I mean, I don't know anyone who's had a cold recently. Yeah. No. So, you know, because well, I think people might. Washing your hands wearing a mask, can yeah, I think people might go along with that stuff. Yeah, so I mean the uh, the next fixture uh, for Liverpool is is Arsenal, isn't it? Um, yeah. On the fourth of April, so it's a pretty long break, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's a pretty long break. Fourth uh, of April, Arsenal away. I mean, that's something which you know, Arsenal. We can beat Arsenal, can't we? Surely. Especially if we're not at Anfield. Well, look, we could beat anyone. We know that. We just got into a mode where we felt as though we could lose to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they all came at once. And I mean, you've had a little bit of a, a blip, and you know, you were on the edge of the yeah. playoff places, weren't it? Unbelievably for your wage yeah. bill. But I mean, what? How did you get the players out of that? Well, similar to Liverpool, we we got absolutely decimated with injuries. So. Half of our regular first team is an out at the moment. Harvey, yeah. To lose half your team yeah. when we haven't got the biggest squad anyway. And that that team has been doing remarkably well, you know, punching above the weight. Yeah. So if you cut it in half, it's, it's become very difficult. We've lost the skipper. We've lost the goalkeeping out for the season now that I've had a loan from Chelsea. Um, and so you're going to miss them, you know, the centre forward, Colby Bishop. So we've lost the spine of our team. And things go against you, you know. People make unbelievable errors. Our keepers made 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 a couple of errors. You know, started the season very well. And you know, you see Allison, arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And all of a sudden, you think, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it happens. Yeah. That what's happened to us. And then that gets compounded by bad decisions. And before you know where you are, you can't find a win. You can't find a goal. Yeah. And Liverpool have been on the same run. As quickly as it happens, you can get out of it. And I think, yeah. I think them two little turns of luck for Liverpool, you know, the two penalties that they should have had against them. Yeah, but see, I you're think. saying that. But Carragher said that on, on, on Sky, and he's been slaughtered on websites for saying it. Well, I thought they were two penalties. Yeah, yeah. If, if that was against me, if that was against me, the yeah. Allison one. You'd be on the pitch, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a penalty. You can't <laughs> just. There'd be that little meme going round about a fun our love of football. <laughs> you'd be <laughs> sent to the, I'm sure you'd be sent to the stands after the that. Well, what, the thing is, is that them little situations, they weren't going for us this season. And it got to the point, there was a new sport invented. How can we disallow a Liverpool goal? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it felt like. Well, it did. Become a new facet of football. My big fear with VAR, and I said this one before it even got when it was getting muted. I said you won't be able to celebrate a goal. Mm. And we're like that now, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. And we went through a spell. You know, the beginning of the end for Liverpool this season was the was the derby one. You know, to score the winner when we did, and then to get it ruled That's offside. Unbelievable. When, yeah. when you look, at he's still offside. Yeah. Well, right. So he found a way to disallow it, which seemed to be the, the the vogue thing for Liverpool. Now we got away with them on on a, on against their walls for the first time. Yeah. Hopefully that's the start of something. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. players tend tend to feel victimised when they get into that situation. Yeah. And okay. Yeah, we'll have to uh, wrap up soon. But before we go, I think. Um, Trent being left out of the England team, is that a cause for celebration, Joe? Not for Trent, obviously. Not yeah. for Trent, obviously, but for Liverpool no. fans, I mean. Well, but, but, you know, it just it lessens the risk in, in terms of any injury, doesn't it? Hopefully you can get a good rest. Um, yeah. I think it's a, a ridiculous decision by Southgate. Nonsense. Yeah. 
Keith? I'm made up. Uh, you know, I know you. I know you'd be made up. I think a lot of Liverpool fans are made up. But thing is, I, I, I think it affect his confidence or make him more determined. I don't know. You know, but I heard something. I seen some or heard a bit of what Southgate said about him. I think he's got no right to talk about his form in the way he did. I thought. I thought he was wrong and disrespectful to him about you know he's got to get his game up his game. It's nothing to do with him. You know, as such a daddy's England manager, and I don't, I don't really care about England anyway in that respect. But. No sense. I don't think it'll affect him at all. He's a confident boy. As you know, as we all said, he's, he's had a bit of a hard time like the rest of the team. But he's, he's you know, his, his ability is still there. Isn't it? It's just, it's just his, his attitude. You know what I mean? I'm sure. I thought he's been doing all right, actually. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah he's been recently. He's been doing okay. He's been one of our most attacking players, I thought. Yeah. That's yeah. why I couldn't even get him out again. I thought, I've seen him, I thought in some games he's been very uh, responsible and, and, you know, in his defending or something, I think his defending got a little bit better. You look at international football for us, Peter. So we've we've lost half our team, and then we get Dion Charles, a striker who's our leading goal scorer. He's being called up for Northern Ireland, so we lose him next week. Yeah, and the other striker, Paul Smith, he's on standby, so we could we could have no strikers next week. Yeah. So yeah, and, and you know I just don't don't see how they can take. Our best players off us yeah. when no. you know they take the best players off Liverpool, Everton, Man United, Man City. They don't play. their games get called off. Yeah. Ours don't. Yeah, yeah. So we lose. We essentially lose two of our best players when we're already at breaking point. I just don't see the fairness. Oh, sure. what, what would happen if you went to the league and said you can't fulfil your fixture because you haven't got enough players because they're on international duty? No, you, you you've got to have three players on international duty before you can get a game called off. Yeah. yeah. How do you think, John? How do you think? How do you think he'll react, though, Trent? To this, he'll obviously be gutted, won't he? He will he be, be gutted. Right? next week. <laughs> yeah. I, I think be, I think he'll be pragmatic about it. I think he'll think, well, do you know what? I'm going to get a blow. Yeah. Um, and leading up to, you know, imagine imagine him going away and getting taking his army, and then all of a sudden he's not playing against him with it. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think he's good. Good blow for a couple yeah. of weeks, and yeah. I think he's got to he's got to see it in the positives that he can get out of it for Liverpool, and ultimately getting his form back. Yeah, blessing in disguise. Well, it's yeah. been slowly improving. Anyway, we've seen that, haven't we? So, mm. yeah. Okay, we'll have to uh, wrap that up. Um, thanks, John Coleman, for um, coming. Thanks very much. Um, thanks, Joe lot from the Spitzer Shankly, the insight into getting back on the ground and thanks to regular guest uh, Keith Colvin and just wish Mono all the best he's had um, uh, a minor operation today so hopefully he'll be back off the bench in a couple of weeks time just before the Real Madrid game so uh, thanks for listening uh, all our listeners all around the world keep in touch and on the Twitter accounts and Facebook and give us some feedback Thanks for listening and hopefully next couple of weeks we'll have a good rest. You know, there'll be no injuries on international duty and we'd be raring to go against Arsenal. Thank you. You've been listening to the Ali Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel.